I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. Yeah, you know, we're the show for the multi-passionates and uh, people with a lot of curiosity and interests. Always here to make your day, your week, and your life so much better. It's fantastic. You know, today, we'll be chatting about why you might want to consider a sabbatical. The documentary Trainwreck Woodstock 99. Should TRB get an Apple Watch Ultra? Some cool new music and, you know, probably more because knowing us. You know, I see hipster dudes like you come in here every day crying about how their phone died and how they need a new phone. They're like little crackheads. They're like, I need a new phone, man. I'm not a crackhead. You're not. You're worse than a crackhead. Because at least a crackhead gets up off the couch every now and then to go get some more crack. A crackhead gets some fresh air. A crackhead says hello to all his little crackhead friends. A crackhead gets his steps in. But not you. You just sit there 24-7 staring at that little black box. You don't need a new phone. You need rehab. I got my steps in. Let's rock it. Yeah, welcome to the Real Brian Show. Hey there, Captain. I'm, I'm, I'm the Real Brian. I don't believe you. What? Think it? Oh, sorry. Is this a? Sorry. This is this is Sniffles the Magnificent. <laughs> sorry. Uh, he took over the microphone there. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> sniffles the Magnificent. <laughs> well, you know about Sniffles, the uh, the thing that that Pup Sweet made for me. Oh, right. The, the, the superhero thing. Well, I mean, I, I talked about him and he's been on the video and stuff, but yeah, that was Sniffles. There you go. Sniffles are magnificent. Um, I got my steps in, Captain. Did you get your steps in? Did you, you feeling like a, a good, like, get your step in, get your exercise, see other people crackhead kind of person today? No, but that whole blurb made me want crack really bad. <laughs> um, I've never had it. I uh, never will, but it made me want it really bad. That's, she that's, said it so many times. Yeah. You're like and there's a, a psychological crackhead. element, you know? There's yeah. a psychological element where you, if <sighs> someone says the same word to you a lot of times, you start wanting to want whatever that word is. Yeah. I don't know. You don't need a new phone. You need rehab. Dude, I, I love Wanda Sykes. That's all I got to say. I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> I was watching this. Ran, it's called Jexy. It's this random movie on on Netflix that apparently came out in 2019. Yeah, I've never it, heard of it. It's a little irreverent, and it's got Wanda in it. And I had to edit quite a bit of that clip down <laughs> in order to make it friendly for this show because <laughs> nice. you know Wanda. Uh, you did well. But, oh, I just love her, man. She's she's so funny. But um, yeah, she gets in there. I'm like, oh, thank God, it's Wanda Sykes. And then she starts la- She starts doing her thing, and I just crack it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fascinating concept, though. Uh, the movie is, by the way. I just FYI, it's it's not exactly the cleanest language well i would not even say it's clean so just yeah just it's not for any kids yeah uh and some of it i was like yeah i should probably not be watching this but it was an interesting concept on how if you got an ai that actually was an actual artificial intelligence and was kind of telling you what to do and trying to make your life better and making cracks at you and so and making cracks at oh your there's boss. that word again Stop yeah it. crack man ah uh, <laughs> Just want more crack. We want drugs. <laughs> we okay. Uh, well, thanks for joining Love us. Drugs. I'll tell you what I am wear, or wearing. <laughs> hey, would you like to know what I'm wearing? 
I didn't ask, but go ahead. Absolutely nothing. What I am drinking, however, is a, a pumpkin. I'm sorry, a PSL, which is a post summer <laughs> latte. Uh, sorry, pumpkin yeah, spice. No pumpkin involved. Now right? there's there. Well, no, there is no pumpkin uh, in this one because I got this over at Starbucks. It does. Okay, doesn't it sound kind of like not manly? Like if you're like, hey, what are you guys drinking? Pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, very much so. It's mm. it's very metro, and uh, yeah, but that's but that's it, why that's why you do the acronym thing. The PSL makes it less metro and I'm more. Not even sure, man. PSL just sounds PSL like PSL. Sounds technical. <sighs> Usually, I drink straight espresso. It is funny whenever most of the time, most of the time whenever I go to a coffee shop, I say espresso, and they're like, "Is that it?" Like, yeah, and and they're like, <laughs> "Do you want water in that?" I'm like, "Why would I want it watered water. down?" Like, well, like an Americano. And I'm like, why would I want it watered down? And they're like, so you just want espresso. I mean, literally, I get this all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'll put a little bit of cream in it. And like, that's it. I'm like, oh, my God. Surely other people want just espresso. Very few people order espressos in in America, apparently. And because it's very rich and very strong. And so what I do is like two shots of espresso, a little bit of cream, and that's it. And honestly, trust me, it's so good. And yeah. it's, everyone's like, oh my gosh, so much caffeine. Yeah. It's going to just, it's gonna, it's not that no. much caffeine, by the way. No. It's 70, what is it? 70 grams of, of caffeine or something. Is it grams? Is that what it is? Might be milligrams. milligrams. Milligrams is what I'm going to, yeah, grams would be out of the, <laughs> yeah, wow. You'd be, like, you'd be like, you'd be in trouble. Uh, 70 <laughs> milligrams of caffeine per shot of espresso. And also it depends on how dark the, the roast is. So the darker right. the roast, the less caffeine. And, and most of the right. coffee shops that do espresso is going to be darker very so dark. it may not even yeah. be 70 milligrams either. And so you're getting 140 total and an average cup of coffee is two to 300 milligrams of caffeine. And if it's lighter roast, wow. it could be more. So espresso is not really that big of a deal. People just kind of freak out about it. Trust me. Try yeah. it. Two shots of espresso, a little bit of cream or, or half and half. And you can do decaf if you don't want that shot, you know, <laughs> going straight into your, your bloodstream. I can't tell you how much I love a iced Americana from Starbucks. With cream and sugar in it. It's an that's Americano, by the way. But, but Americano. But, yeah, that's okay. Just it's good stuff. You know, but if you tried an espresso, just an espresso with a little bit of cream and a little bit too of sugar in it. I know, but it, it's it's like the manna of the gods. Like just drink <laughs> it and you're just like, whoa. You know, oh yeah, trust What me. kind of cup do they give that to you in? It's I like, mean, a, like if you don't. It's like a kitty cup. No, okay. it, it, it's like those little tiny. Uh, so I met a guy yesterday uh, locally. This is great. Podcaster. It's hard to find podcasters locally. So this was really exciting. Great meeting went down to, uh, you know, one of the local shops and all that, you know, it's, it's on this wooden tray essentially. And it's got a little room for the little tiny cup for the espresso that sits on a saucer. And then it's got uh, a small, like maybe like a five ounce glass that they put sparkling water in, which I was talking about, which cleanses the palate in between your, your espresso. Oh, right. And right. he's like, wow, that's very European. And I said, yeah, it really is. It's got that style. So it, it's, it is more of that what you're going to see more in the Europe areas versus here in America. You know, we want, we want like volume. So give me more liquid. Yeah. And so out there they're drinking it pure volume. Yeah. That's what it is, man. Volume voluminous. Pump it up. I did a video last week with Lord Thunder, by the way, if you have not seen it already, please go check it out. It's on the YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash the real Brian. And it was titled, you know, Apple watch ultra. Should I get one? So what did you, you watched part of it. I know you didn't get, get to finish it because we wanted to get on the show today, but what do you think? Is he convincing enough that, that I should go get an Apple watch ultra? I mean, is it that good? Is it worth? Yeah, I think so. If you can afford it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's got so many bells and whistles on it now. Uh, and, but, but the thing I was most excited about Brian was the siren. Yeah. I mean, really? 
It's got a siren. I mean, next time I fly over my handlebars, I can just <laughs> pop the siren when I wake up uh, if nobody's around. Because like the, the last weekend when I was riding and every weekend when I'm riding, uh, there's a stretch of this long stretch of trail where there's nobody else. If I had an obstacle or I fell for some reason, there's nobody around to help me. You want to so know that siren would be really useful. Yeah, but you want to know what's also really cool about that watch? The Apple Watch Ultra has a dual band GPS. And so it's, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever looked at the standard GPS thing. If you try to like ping someone or if, you know, they're sharing their location with each other and it's got like, it'll show you the map, but it's got a very wide radius of where that person is. Right. Apparently with the dual band, it's incredibly accurate and almost pinpoints your actual location. And it has a fall detection on the new watch (laughs) and also will automatically call 911 if you do not tell it to not call. And I think some of the new phones do that too, but it's like, Interesting. it'll say we detected a fall. Would you like us to, you know, we're going to call 911 unless you tell us not to. And if you're unconscious, then it calls 911 and with the dual band GPS pinpoints your location and you'll be fine. Captain. That's pretty dude, awesome, if, dude. You don't even need the sign for that. If I could afford an Apple watch right now, I would, I would get one right after we finish recording this show. I know you're with yeah. Verizon and they are offering, do you even have an Apple watch at all? No. No. Oh. So what they were doing is they were giving $180 for any Apple watch series, which is more than Apple gives you. And then it was an additional, I think, $120 benefit. So it was ended up being like 300 off towards an Apple watch ultra. If you signed up for one of their plans. Oh, so, you know, of course yeah. you're, you're signing up for stuff, but it ends up making it at least an affordable option. Right. Right. Versus but, but, going and paying the 800 bucks, which, okay. So wow. to be fair, and a lot of people were like, that's twice as much as a regular watch. I'm like, well, hold on a second, because well, yeah, I was specking out a Series 8. Just curious, you know. This is me. Yeah. This is my curiosity. I'm specking it out. So first of all, you pay extra for the larger screen. So then I think it ends up being like 450 at that point. And then if you want the cellular, like you can have just a standard wireless watch, which connects to your phone and you're good. But if you okay. also want to be able to have a, a cell plan on it as well, then that's an extra $100. And then you start adding in like a higher grade alloy that it's made with. And the ultra is made with titanium and the series eight comes with like, I think an aluminum to start, or if you want like a stainless steel, you know, then you add money to that. So by Mm -hmm. the time you spec out everything to be kind of close to what the ultra does, even though the ultra still does a lot more, you're only like a hundred bucks off maybe from the price of an ultra or, or even around the same price actually. It's more expensive, but it's really not for what you get. That's something that I was kind of surprised by. Sure. No, and I appreciate that. I'm but glad it's still you did expensive. that analysis. But an Apple Watch is in my future because I'm an Apple man. Yeah. Just, I'm, <laughs> I'm sold. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just married You're to Apple. You're an Apple uh, man. Uh, like magic man, you <laughs> and, know? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so I'm going to get an Apple Watch eventually. Uh, it's just a matter of when. It's probably within the next five years, I'm, seeing, I'm thinking. So, yeah. Well, by then they'll have them implanted in your... No, that would be scary, actually. Forget that. I, I hope that. so. I hope so. I'd rather have a wearable. Implant me. I want to be a cyborg. I want to be... Like, cyberpunk. Like your, your basic cyberpunk. Yeah. Yep. Except you'd be, so cool. you'd be hackable, man. We could totally oh, hack totally. you and make you like do all kinds of funny things. And Oh, and yeah, totally. A very risky situation. It'd be amazing, no, there, Did you know, Brian, there are people now in 2022... There's, there's the biohack themselves. Like there's, there's whole websites about people who biohack themselves and like all these different things they've done and like, like cyborg themselves and stuff. It's legit. It's like, it's not cool yet, but people are doing it already. So people have been hacking 
themselves for years, uh, you know, even, even looking at, well, cause biohacking, I guess kind of has some different terms now, but mm. biohacking five to 10 years ago was about altering basically the, the state of your body, not necessarily with technology per se, but you know, saying we were talking about this though, about the cold treatment. I, I know Rogan oh, right. has the cold bath thing. And, you know, we're talking about why Michael Phelps can eat 12,000 calories a day and still be right. completely skinny, you know? And uh, Tim Ferriss was talking about the whole aspect of cold treatment and why, you know, people that live in very, very cold regions have to eat lard and other high levels of fat in order to basically keep their weight on or else they lose it. You know, cold treatments not only help you to lose weight, but also there's a lot of benefits to them, which is why I was talking about the cold shower thing. But Mm -hmm. the cold shower thing is just more for the health benefits and the cold treatments is where you develop the brown fat and losing weight and everything else. It's a cardio exercise in its in its own right. When you when you yeah. plunge into one of those cold baths, your heart's just going like crazy to keep your body temperature up, and you're shivering. So, it. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Actually, it's a very fascinating study that they've done. There's all kinds of biohacking though that's been going on for years on that. And yeah. I mean, honestly, like I like life hacking a lot. It's very very fascinating because it's just looking for ways to do things better and more efficiently and more effectively. It's not taking necessarily a shortcut or there are people that do risky things and I'm not into that stuff, obviously, but I think there's a lot of very fascinating things out there a lot. I mean, even tons, I was hearing about like time management and how this was a good little story that, that Sarah shared with me, but people that work per hour or, you know, maybe they don't have a whole lot of money or whatever. They, they go into their jobs. Their mindset is about reacting to things in life Hmm. and they don't know necessarily that they're doing it. It's just that they go to their job, they react. They're at home. They react to stuff. Oh, my car broke down. You know, I'm reacting to that. Oh, I have this extra expense. I'm reacting to that. That's me. I'm, I'm like that. I'm yeah. Like that. So that keeps you essentially, quote, poor or in a... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, this this is what I was I hearing. This is not meant to discourage anyone, by the way. This is Right. Just, it's not to disparage anybody either. No, yeah, it's just... Exactly. It's a mindset thing that I was learning about. And they were saying, if you change your... Like, they're talking about the mindset of millionaires. They talk about how they're being proactive about how they do things. They do it proactively they they plan for something to go wrong they plan for their car to break down at some point you know they they put mm. aside money because they know it's coming they call it it doesn't murphy mm. you know murphy's gonna get you <laughs> yeah, murphy's, murphy's law, law yeah. yeah he's he's waiting for you he's gonna get you just plan for it you know plan that someone's gonna get injured plan that something's gonna happen and then if it doesn't it doesn't but you you've got that padded just stuff like that it's just changing the the paradigm shift a little bit is all yeah but i yeah. like that i like thinking in those terms of okay, how do we get ahead of the game instead of constantly being behind the game? You know, um, so yeah. anyway, I'm fascinated. Pro- proactive instead of reactive. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that mindset. I really do. Yeah. I just have never had it myself personally. I've, I've always just been very comfortably reactive in my yeah. life. Well, and it's, so. it's not necessarily one of those things that you go, oh my gosh, that's so uncomfortable or, or even hard to shift. It's really not. It's actually more of a, you just choose to do it and then you right. learn how and then you just do it and then you kind of realize, oh, actually... This kind of, yeah. this makes more sense. No, I, I'm sure if I looked into it, there's, uh, there, there's a chance that, I mean, I might find something that any, if anybody looked into it, they might find something that really benefited them. Yeah. Uh, even if they do have my mindset, that's very interesting. I've never, I've never bothered looking into life hacks before. I've seen, I've seen them everywhere, like on YouTube or, or wherever, but I've never clicked on a link and actually watched it because I just wasn't interested. You know, I feel like um, we should share some here on the show for a while. Yeah. And just kind of see because yeah. it, it is something idea. I should be looking more into on consistently because it does better our lives usually. I agree, dude. Let's do fun. that. Let's right. make that our next thing. This actually fits. I think this was actually something I was going to talk about, but 
I mentioned last week, you know, it has been a tough year for clients and lost the last client recently. Mm-hmm. On one hand, it's easy to get like ridiculously discouraged about it. Of course, right? You've lost your right. income. Oh my gosh. Well, and not, and not all of it, by the way, I still have some, it's just not as consistent right now. Right. But um, on the other hand, it's like, what if I chose a way to look at this from a positive perspective and looking at it as an opportunity, which in the moment is very difficult, very hard to do, but I'm trying, right? And so Mm -hmm. one thing that kind of came back up was six years ago, six and a half years ago, I took a sabbatical, which I've never done before. And I'm not talking about like a traditional professorial sabbatical, you know, not like that. Right. But basically taking an extended period of time off from work and just resting, rejuvenating, recovering, basically. I've mentioned this before, but it's funny how many people ask entrepreneurs like, well, so you guys must have a lot of time in your hands. Like, what do you do all day? I'm like, (laughs) dude, we don't stop working. I mean, I I kind of envy people with the eight to five jobs because when you're done, you're done. Like you you just leave work, right? And entrepreneurs never leave. You never stop thinking about it. So you're almost working all the time, even though, yeah, you do have flexibility in your schedule, obviously, you know, so there's trade-offs. I was realizing that even when we take breaks and we go away for things, I'm still thinking about my, my stuff. I'm still talking about it. I'm still, you know, how do we grow the show? What can we do new things? You know, how do we reach out to new people? How do we get new clients? And I'm always thinking about that stuff. And I thought I need to just check out, (laughs) like literally mentally check out from this stuff for an extended period of time so that I can come back with clarity, you know? Yeah. Interestingly enough, I did an episode on one of my previous podcasts called profit cast. Some of you actually listen to that show and some of you didn't. It's all about how to profit with podcasting, so it's not going to relate to everyone. But the episode itself was actually very interesting and it was it actually is titled Why You Should Take a Sabbatical. I'm going to link to the episode. If you want to check it out, go for it. It'll be in the show notes at realbryanshow.com. I'm going to see. I mean, obviously if if some work comes along, I probably won't be able to, you know, do this, but if I truly don't have any paid work, you know, in the next few weeks and maybe it'll be a really awesome opportunity that most of us usually never get to do. Right. And so it's like, why not? You know, let's take a little bit. Now, just so you know, we're going to continue to do the show, but I'm not, we're not going to go back to video yet on this. We're not going to, I probably will not be doing any additional videos right now during this time off because it's just so much work. So I'm thinking, Hey, let's just do the, the audio show for now because for, for me, that's fun. I love doing it. And other than that, it's just going to chill, take some time to refresh, uh, play the piano, get some recording done, stuff like that, hopefully. And if you haven't comes, decided comes. on it, you haven't decided when you're going to do it yet? Well, I was hoping to start this next week is, is okay. the goal. That's the, the plan. But again, you know, I had a really good conversation with a potential client too. So it's kind of like, well, if that kind of takes off, then, you know, that might derail the sabbatical plan. But I would rather yeah. take the client right now than, you know, no, I, do the I understand. So. so basically the sabbatical is, is a way to take advantage of the, of the lull. Yeah. That you're experiencing and, and make, make something out of it. Yeah. And granted, you know, I have been busting my butt trying to get more work and new clients and I've been putting the word out like crazy and I am, and I'm still doing that. But at the same time, it would be kind of nice to say, okay, the word's out. Let's take a couple weeks to kind of relax. Um, and if it ends up being three or so weeks, that's great. When I did this six years ago, I took four weeks off and I got to the third week and was getting like antsy and I'm like, I got to do something, you know? And so my fourth week was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I got to get back to it because I love what I do. I love working with an impact. Of course, I don't like to do a dead end job or something that I absolutely hate doing, of course. But if I have something that's meaningful and has a purpose and has an impact, I could love doing it. I, I don't like to stop doing it. So 
for me, it's almost like I have a hard time slowing down. And so it's really good for me to just force myself to take a break. And this will be a good opportunity. So I'm looking forward, as long as it works out, I'm looking forward to doing this as a positive opportunity rather than looking at it as a negative situation. Good. Good attitude. So that's a life hack right there. Take time off when you need it. It's so essential. Another life hack is playing video games because it it enhances your brain. (laughs) It actually does. It can. But tell us, what are you doing right now? Yeah, I stumbled across this on Steam. Pathfinder 2, Wrath of the Righteous. Okay. If you love D&D and you enjoyed like games like Baldur's Gate or Divinity, Divinity Original Sin and other games similar to that, this is one of the best D&D games I've ever played story-wise. It has Interesting. a really good story. It's clean. It's got a good interface. It's a really easy and fun game to play. If you haven't played it yet, check it out. Is it single player or is it multi? It's single player. Oh, bummer. Okay. Yeah. Very, very long campaign. It's got a lot of content. So, Well, of course, I love story and I do enjoy games like that at all, actually. Uh, in fact, Divinity Original Sin was fun. The, the second one, we played a little bit of it and it was good. Baldur's Gate, though, I always used to love those games for some reason. Yeah, I, I was in love in the summer of 99. Happens to be exactly when uh, Woodstock 99 was going on. Oh, yeah. I was addicted to Baldur's Gate 1. Yeah. I never played the original, but I played one of them. I don't remember which one it was, but it was a few years later. Overwatch 2 is out. Mm. And this mm. is an interesting is situation. Because I can't ever get into play. Well, so that's okay. <laughs> this is so interesting to me because they decided that they're just going to get rid of Overwatch 1, which we were kind of like, why would you do that? Why don't you just yeah, have why? Overwatch 2 as well? That was weird. I I still don't agree with that decision, and I still think that was kind of dumb. I think and nobody so, agrees with that decision, but go ahead. Yeah, there's there's some stupid reason, but then Overwatch 2 comes out, and it's instead of having six players per team, now it's down to five, and we traditionally have had six players every Wednesday night when we're playing Overwatch 1. Yeah. So one of us is going to have to sit out now, which is dumb. If we play, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, and so... I have not had a chance. I can't get in either. That's the problem is like every time I try to log in, it doesn't work. So a lot of people are struggling trying to get in. And of course, Blizzard's like, well, we didn't expect this kind of demand. And it's like, dude, seriously, guys, you guys get paid billions of dollars a year. You should have had this figured out. Just on just on World of Warcraft subscriptions alone. We're talking insane. Big company. Go ahead. And also um, what we have heard from some of the the friends that have played it is that it's just, and, and this is what I was predicting, by the way, quite a few months ago. And I said, it's just going to be Overwatch 1.5, if that, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly what these guys are now calling it because that's exactly what it is, at least in their opinion. There's a few advances, but it's essentially the same game. There's a lot of the same maps, mostly the same characters. There's a couple new ones, but there's really nothing new and exciting about the multiplayer thing is what we're hearing. Of course, we haven't been able to try it, So, I mean, what a disappointment if that ends up being kind of the be all end all, you know, I know they're supposed to have a solo campaign and some co-op like against the AI kind of stuff coming, but man, you know, like what, why they promoted Overwatch to how many years ago and we were all excited about it. And then it took three to four more years for them to finish it. And like, this is it. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I, I think Activision Blizzard has, has a reality check problem. Yeah. Um, and I think they have for several years. I don't think that they're really in touch with reality and, and their really subscribers. Not. I've got that feeling for years now from them. So either they're incredibly lazy or they have a really bad team now, or there's I, no other reason. I don't know. On a positive note, though, it is October. <laughs> we love October. Yeah. And you've got yes. an origin. Woo! Oktoberfest. So, Brian, what is Oktoberfest? 
Well, I know it involves beer, but that's about it. That's about it, right? I don't know anything so, else about it. Now, children may look forward to October for Halloween, which falls at the month's close, but beer lovers may be more excited for what's happening at the beginning of the month, mm. Oktoberfest. The longstanding beer festival has gained popularity around the world, but the true Oktoberfest is located in Munich, Germany, or München, uh, where the festival has been held since 1810. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty old. October, the Oktoberfest celebration, by the way, it's O-K-T-O-B-E-R fest. I guess that's how you spell October in German. The, the celebration marks the beginning of a new beer brewing season as cooler temperatures bring optimal beer brewing months. The colder weather keeps beer from spoiling. Okay. It has been, at least traditionally, it has been it has long been a tradition to polish off the remaining beer from the year to prepare the casks for a new beer in autumn or a new brew in autumn. So okay. I guess that, that's, where, that's where the premise of the festival came from. Let's finish off all this extra beer we have stored <laughs> so that we can reuse the cask. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Uh, now, Munich's Oktoberfest now begins in late September, and although the seasonal climate is less relevant to breweries today, the beer festival of Oktoberfest remains a vibrant tradition. Okay. A friend of mine were traveling Europe back in 2000, the summer of 2000, and we were in Munich for a day. It was a Sunday, so very little was open, but there was a beer garden open. I don't remember which beer garden it was. So we went in there, my friend and I went into the beer garden with our backpacks. You know, we were clearly backpackers. Mm-hmm. And we sat down at a at a big at a table, you know, by ourselves in this big courtyard with all these other people in it. There were tons of people in there. There were waiters everywhere. They were serving people. We sat there for like thirty minutes, and a no waiter would come to serve us. And we'd like wave mm. at the waiter, and they'd nod at us, and then nothing. And to this day, I still don't know exactly what it was. I mean, we weren't skirt. We weren't all like dirty or unkempt. I mean, we were clearly backpackers, but there were other backpackers in there. It's been a mystery for. 22 years yeah. as to exactly why we were snubbed at this beer garden. So then we ended up leaving unsatisfied. We went to a Japanese restaurant and had lunch. And then we went to some taco place near the, near the Munich uh, train station. And we just got hammered. Her and I drank beer after beer. <laughs> and, and I ended up having to carry her onto the train. Oh, we, were just, we were just spending wow. the day in Munich waiting for our train to, to Prague. Yeah. And so I carried her onto the train. And uh, that was a fun memory for me. That's the only beer garden memory I have, by the huh. way. So I have none. That's all I, right. Yeah. But what I do have is that every October, our local Great Harvest Bread Company, they do a, a Guinness and Gouda the bread. Gouda, yes. Yeah. And it's literally chunks of smoked Gouda and they, they cook it with Guinness beer and everything. And so it's, it's, it's really wow. good. But I just realized I'm like, oh, we got to order it. So yeah, got some coming. Do it. Do it's it. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, thank you for that, that tradition and the origin. Lock and Key Season 3, I told everybody I was going to be, be watching this in October. What I did not expect is that I would watch the entire Season 3 in a week. And so I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? So there's only eight episodes. And let's see, I think the first couple are 48 minutes and then it drops drops down. And most of the rest of the episodes are around the 30-minute mark, maybe a little bit more. But it, first of all, it's a very bingeable show. It was very gripping. It was very exciting but it was a lot shorter than I had expected. And also that I would like, I would have liked him to have at least a good solid 10 episodes, normal length. Yeah. And also not to mention, this is it. They wrapped up the series. It was a fantastic wrap up, by the way, they did a really nice job with it. And sadly, I wish they would keep going. Of course, really good. The whole show is good. If you've not watched the show, it's fun to watch. It's highly recommended for me. Anyway, I think it's a really interesting show. Very, very creative too. So 
Lots of no, fun. Season, season one was magical. It I was. Mean, season one was really, really good. Season two yeah. was great. Yeah. Season three, I haven't, fi- I've only, I'm only like two episodes in and okay. uh, I've been watching other stuff like Andor. Yeah. My God. Which is great. Dude, I can't even, when, when Andor wraps up, we're going to go off on it. Oh, absolutely. And, it's been a great I mean, show so far. I'm speechless as to how good that show is. And, and, and coming from a star Wars franchise too. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. Somebody finally did star Wars, right? Yeah. Wow. I agree. So, and it's even anyway. getting good ratings too. So I well, think thank goodness hands down to me. And I know to you too, that we think this is the best new star Wars since the prequels hands down. And I think this is the best star Wars since episode five. That's how good I think it is. Oh yeah, I wouldn't say so, I wouldn't go that far personally, that's me. That's but me. yeah, no, no, I know. I'm, I'm, the, I'm glad you think that because it is good. Yeah. It's very good. And it definitely, okay. So to be fair, it has an episode five vibe, which is what I love about it. Okay. It's definitely more of that old school four, five, and more, six more grit, more gritty. Yeah. yeah more gritty slower more, too. more, more intentional, yeah. more intelligent, even which oh, I appreciate. So. Oh goodness. So anyway, yeah. if you've, if you've not given it a chance because you've been kind of burned by some of the other stuff, definitely recommend this one. This is good. All right. So Chris asked us to watch the documentary on Netflix called Trainwreck Woodstock 99. It's a three yes. part series. So we watched it. It wasn't exactly enjoyable to watch. I liked the first episode because <laughs> there was a lot of fascination and stuff about it. It was really, I think it was well done. Episodes two and three started to really frustrate me. And I think yeah. it had a lot to do with the fact that like, it was grieving me how human beings could act in such a heinous and destructive way and be okay yeah. with themselves and even okay with themselves today. Cause some of them were interviewed and they're just like, yeah, it was great. And I'm like, really <laughs> totally do it again. <laughs> like you seriously should not be saying that you, there's a serious problem with you if you think that, but anyway, so that, that kind of bothered me. Cause I was like, wow, please don't let me lose faith in humanity. And then there was another thing that kind of, I don't know, maybe this was just me, but I kept getting the feeling that they were really over hyping and over exaggerating certain things that was like, they'd be like, yeah, this was quote to come. And then they would be, yes, this is what was happening next. Or we had no, you know, imagination that this could happen. And then it showed and it was like, well, that wasn't as bad as you were leading it up to be, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was bad, totally. but it's like, it wasn't that bad. And so I feel like it was just way, way, way overhyped and over exaggerated the way it was like, presented and the way they were interviewed, but not necessarily yeah, how- in actuality how it was narrated. Yeah. They, I, yeah. I got that exact same. Okay. Good. I, I, that exact same sense while I was watching is like, they felt like they were forcing the drama of it. Yes. Even though they didn't, they didn't need to because yeah, the, the event it itself was pretty dramatic, but it was kind of interesting how, how the narration of the docu-series was, yeah. was written. It kind of bothered me. Um, and I was, but see, I'll get that with books too. You know, like I was reading a book recently that was clearly not written by the person that it was about. Oh, okay. Even though it was technically an autobiography type of book, you could tell that someone else had actually penned it. And I didn't like the way that they were penning this person because, you know, you're on one hand, you're thinking this person is incredibly humble, like amazing. And the way that it was written was making this person out to be cocky and arrogant. And I thought, I don't think that's the way this person is. And I don't like this writing style. And I can't finish this book because of that. How they were presenting the person didn't feel accurate. and, And it felt way over the top. It's kind of how I felt this was, was that it was a little disingenuous to actually what happened. So I think my enjoyment of it was less because of that, but at okay. the same time, it was still interesting. But what were your thoughts? I, I thought it was both enjoyable and disturbing, but also yeah. very interesting. I really enjoyed all three episodes. So, so first, the enjoyable part. 
It was very fun to look back in depth at an event that took place when I was in my early 20s and still in college, right? I got to see some of my favorite artists from that time, especially Korn. I was really into Korn. And the whole thing was very nostalgic for me. So I was like, especially that, like you said, the first episode, that was... That was yeah. the most fun episode because in the first episode, things were going okay. Yeah. And we're not going to spoil anything, but just yep. let's just say that things started coming off the rocker in second and third episode. Mm-hmm. So that, that part was a lot of fun to see Korn and some other artists from back then that, that I remember. And then seeing all of our contemporaries, people who were our, you know, that we were their age at that time, yeah. uh, right around there. And mm-hmm. so we could have been there that that took place during our the time when we could have gone to that if we had had the well, money well i remember it coming on and and people were asking like you going to go to it and i was like no nah, no nah, i'm not really interested but <laughs> i remember that though i remember it was like yeah, yeah. but then you hear about it and you went oh wow i'm glad i didn't go glad i didn't go yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so second the disturbing part i didn't remember how prevalent the frat bro mentality was in my generation at yeah. that time in young men yep. but now that i think about it i was kind of like that too oh, at that time a little just a little bit you know yeah. not not wasn't like, yeah, man, well, you know, it was, that wasn't me, but yeah. I could get into that mode if I was like at a club or at some kind of event. So if I had been at that event and with some friends, I probably would have been just like those dudes. Interesting. And so I was kind of like that too. And I would probably be right in the thick of things had I gone to that event. You know, maybe that's another reason why I didn't relate to this documentary that much because that was so not me. I okay. would, I would have been the person that would have left early and said, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm not going to participate in this. So maybe that's part of the reason. Cause like I, I hated yeah. the frat bro mentality so much. I did too. I still see it the by the time. way. No, yeah. but and I can't, I couldn't even, I tried to relate like on a level of let's just try to understand the person and hang out with the person, but they used to drive yeah. me crazy at weddings. You'd see it, you know, I, 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 I still see it these days, but it was, oh, really? it was really, really bad. I don't think it's as bad right now as it used to be, but it was no. for, you know, a good couple decades at least. Yeah. Now if they had a Woodstock now, most people would just be looking at their phones the whole time <laughs> while, and, and kind of glancing up at the artists. You need rehab. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was interning in, in Scottsdale at the time of the event. And I don't think I even considered going because I couldn't afford the trip for one. I didn't really realize or remember how excitable young people were at that time. I, I didn't realize that yeah. there was so much pent up energy. It's true. But apparently there was. The cool thing was that it was a totally isolated event. There were no long-lasting repercussions. And most everyone involved just kind of chalked it up to a crazy experience that they could tell their kids about someday, right? Can you believe, Brian, that only three people... And I say that. I know that it sounds bad when I say this. Only three people died in that event. Yeah, no. And and the reason you're saying that is because of the destruction and and also the heat exhaustion and the... Oh, dude. There were so many health issues that happened throughout. Oh, and not to mention they were drinking... contaminated water because oh, the yeah. water sources were being contaminated by the runoffs from the um, porta potties. From the porta potties. Yeah. yeah. And so I forgot what it was called, but it's like ro- uh, it's, trench mouth yeah. or something like that. Trench mouth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, mouth. they were getting really, really sick. And so you're right. Like the fact that only three people died is actually amazing because um, there should have been a lot more people that should have died from that because of actually what happened. But I'll tell you there this were, though, you said long lasting repercussions. There were numerous reports of, of girls getting raped. And yeah. so what we don't know is what the repercussions from that was, you know, That's mental true. and emotional pregnancies, STDs. We don't know that, unfortunately. So there could have been a lot of long lasting issues yeah, from personal, that we just don't know personal about. Personal repercussions, yes, but not sociological repercussions or... Which is kind of weird. There were like over a quarter million people at that event. Yeah. So three people died 
yeah. at an event with 250,000 people in it and all those problems, physical dangers surrounding the event. So now no one should have died, but you're right that only three based on what happened is is crazy. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's the interesting part. The whole event was a case study in mob mentality. Yeah. And and I'm sure many a thesis has been written about it in grad school since then. One thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought was interesting is how, and we talked about this last week a little bit, but how music affects our mood, our emotions, our mental state. And then of course, even our actions. I've talked about that for years, how powerful music is. And this was definitely this documentary proved how evident that yeah. is. And yeah. what was fascinating is that, and they were even talking about it, that, you know, they were, they were pretty chill when Jewel got up or when Willie Nelson got up, you know, or some of those, but then, you know, mm-hmm. you get people like corn or limp biscuit, you know, <laughs> they, they got up rage against the machine, limp biscuit. Yeah, yeah. I think the limp biscuit one was the one where he just, something happened and they were throwing things at him and he got mad or something like that. And so then he started doing the whole, you know, like the destruction song or whatever it was, you know, and, and wreck everything. I, I forgot what song it was. Yeah, I, I never listened to those I, I guys actually. Too. So I don't, uh, I don't know their music, but I listened to them a lot back then, but I forget. Uh, I mean, but he was talking yeah, he, about destroy yeah. and wreck and, you know, you can't tell us what to do and blah, 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 blah. And everybody got in on that, not just in like the words yes. and singing, but they started destroying things. And I was just like, wait, wow. But you saw that multiple times when the quote angrier bands got up. Yeah. People just started literally wrecking things and starting fires and doing it. Oh, and who was, Oh, it was uh, red hot chili peppers at the very end. Oh yeah. Cause they gave yeah. out candles and everyone's like, wait, why are we giving out candles? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause we're going to do a vigil for Columbine, which happened right before that, you know, right. in 1999 as well. And so we're going to do a candlelight vigil and they're like, you should not be giving 250,000 candles out right now to these people who are completely <laughs> trashed and drunk and everything. And they're, they're starving and they're angry, bad idea. And so of course, you know, chili peppers are playing under the bridge and it's nice and it's a beautiful moment. And then of course, Oh, somebody starts a fire. And so what do they do? They start playing Jimi Hendrix's fire. Oops. Oh yeah. So then people started yep. starting more fires. And I'm like, it's amazing how music just literally like suggests us to do things that we normally probably wouldn't do. It blows my mind how much music affects us. Well, yeah, that, that's a really, that's a really, really good point because the, the artists involved in the event were some of them were definitely culpable for what happened. But uh, oh, yeah. what what I found fascinating was just, you know, it, it's just kind of a known thing that when individuals congregate into a large mob of people and they have certain stimulus put on them, whether it's the music or, or the environment or whatever, mm-hmm. it changes the individuals in that mob. It's literally, yeah. a, it's, it's a proven psychological phenomenon yep. that if you are a completely down to earth level individual and you find yourself in a mob like that and you're in a situation where everyone around you is freaking out, you're probably going to start freaking out too in one way or another. And it's just fascinating to me that the human mind is that suggestible, that the people around us, especially, and the more the merrier in this regard, the more people that are, are packed in with you in a mob, the more likely it seems that you're going to have that mentality and, and succumb to that that weird social pressure that's around you and, and, and lose your mind essentially. Yeah, that's true. You know, cause even, even thinking back to nine 11, the planes and stuff like that, like if you were on a plane and terrorists got up and hijacked the plane, would you be that guy that stood up and said, let's roll, let's go get these guys. Or would you be the rest right. of everyone else that just sat there and basically let these guys take you to your death? They, they didn't know that those guys were taking them to their death, to be fair. But I mean, well, uh, most but, of the time, you know, terrorist situations mm, don't end well. 
I mean, yeah, they but never they, do. That, that was the first time that they crashed planes into buildings or in, or wherever. I mean, that that was True. an unprecedented situation. So I don't blame anybody on those planes, and I certainly, uh, you know, hold up the individuals who did resist, even though they ended up dying anyway. Yeah, um, but what I'm saying was in general incredible. is, I'm talking about like, would you be the person who took takes action, or would you be the person who sits back and lets it happen to you? I don't want to say this. My my instinct is to say that I would be the, the one who sits back and takes it. Yeah. But I want to say that I would be one of those that stands up and, and fights. But in a situation like that, if you know your life is in danger, if all those people had known they're going to be crashed and, and that these terrorists are going to kill them, I'd like to think that way more of them would have resisted and who knows what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, but they would, just didn't know. Yeah. I know, well, I know. I'm just, I'm just thinking in general, you know, because I think about it's so funny. We watch all these TV shows mm-hmm. and these movies and it's kind of like, why do people make deals and work with the bad guy boss? Because you know, you're going to die or get screwed over sometime. <laughs> I mean, you know it, it's not, it's a, it's inevitable. So why would you do it? You know? And I'm yeah, always, I'm always yeah. telling Sarah in those moments, I'm like, I'd be killing the boss right now and taking over because <laughs> I'm going to die either way. So you know, it's like, what? I know, I, but I'm with you on that too, is, is mob mentality. And that, that's my whole point is the mob mentality. Are you going to go yeah. along with the mob? Are you going to allow it to influence you? Or are you going to stand up for what you know is right and be the bigger person? Because we could talk about the last two and a half years. There's a lot of mob mentality, you know? Everybody yeah. just kind of went along with whatever was popular at that moment or at that time because, you know, but like, did you know what you were talking about? Did you actually know what you were, quote, standing up for or agreeing with? I mean, there's no, so many. Th- and that's my point. And so you're right. Like the mob mentality is so ridiculously powerful and influential, just like music. It, it's fascinating. I mean, it really is. It's 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 one of those things that, I mean, talk about life hacking, going back to that conversation too. It's like being aware of our actions and why we're making those actions and, or our thoughts and responses and that kind of thing too. That's a powerful thing because so many of us just react and we don't know why we did it. And we don't really understand the reaction. Like we get mad at something or we get mad at someone and then you just walk off, you know? And then you're like, sure. Did you ever think back to realize how much you might've hurt that person or do you care? You know? So it's just so many different things like that, that if you take control of your actions and your thoughts and your responses, or at least you do your best to do that and be aware of them, it's amazing Mm -hmm. what changes. Because then you start to go, well, what would I do in a situation like that? Well, I probably would be the person who just went along with the crowd, but I don't want to be. So what do I need to do in order to not be that person who goes along with the crowd and instead to be the person who stands up and does the right thing? What do I need to do to change to become like that? So I, I think about this yeah. a lot, <laughs> clearly. Good. Anyway, no, well, I'm, I'm glad we got to watch it. And Chris, I appreciate yeah. you, you suggesting it because it was fascinating. Like I said, it wasn't super enjoyable, but it was for me anyway, but it was really, really <laughs> fascinating and it definitely sparked some good discussion. And I appreciate that. Yeah, um, that was very, very good watch. I, I recommend it. And to acknowledge that something like that happened back then and st- something similar could still happen today. Oh, easily. Uh, it's just, easily. Well, I think to to wrap it up appropriately, I have some new music to share, which um, this is not the old school. I have no Limp biscuit for you guys because I just, I don't care. But <laughs> yeah, are they even alive still? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of any of these artists I'm about to share with you. Two of them were from Lock and Key. It was kind of funny. It was like, oh, I like this song. I don't know what it is. And so I, I Shazammed them and, and got these two songs from Lock and Key. So the first one is Daniel Trakel. I think that's how you pronounce his last name or Trackle. I'm going to go with Trakel. 
Daniel Trickell. It's called Turnaround. Really, really nice song. It fit beautifully in the scene that they used um, in one of the episodes. And then the other one was, I think, in the last... It was in the last episode. Beautiful also. And it's by an Icelandic guy. His name is spelled A-S-G-E-I-R, and it's pronounced Ausgid. Very difficult to pronounce because I don't speak that. Again, never heard of this guy, but the name of the song is called Breathe, and it's, oh man, it's it's mesmerizingly beautiful. Very soothing, kind of ethereal sound and all that, but beautiful voice. And then this other one, I actually found the Elenium remix of the song, which is how I discovered this guy. Apparently, he's pretty popular, but his name's Jake, and of course, it's spelled with the upside down A, so it's all caps. Chiverches? Yeah, like Chiverches, you know, J- oh, so that's a U. V-K-E is what it is, but it's pronounced Jake. The song's called Golden Hour. The Elenium remix of the song is really, really cool, but the original is amazing. It has this like incredible piano part all the way throughout the song that was just listening to it and going, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to put both those versions on there. Uh, all, th- all three of those songs are are fascinating to me, and it's a little different style than I'm usually used to listening to, and I've never heard any of these guys. So there you go. I'll put them in the mix. And all those links, of course, will be in the show notes at realbrianshow.com. So check it out. Go to Spotify, check out the list, follow it. However you guys listen to music, do it. Going back to the YouTube channel, please do check it out. We've, we've done a bunch of, of reviews on, well, obviously the Apple Watch. We did that recently. Uh, we're doing some TV show reviews, did Cobra Kai. We did, uh, I'm doing some Quantum Leap stuff, probably taking a little bit of a break on the YouTube channel just until I get through the sabbatical, but definitely planning to come back to that because I love video, but youtube.com slash the real Brian. So go there. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. Oktoberfest is great and all, but can you really trust an event that spells October wrong? I know I can't, but I know I know what the, what the, what the music means or the real music means. I guess we should call it the real music. Yeah. And is it music with a K or? Uh, yes. M-U-S-I-K. Okay. Yes. Yes. The real music. No hey. offense to Germans, by the way. Yes, that's right. No offense. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Have a glorious week. Enjoy fall. Real Brian Show. Signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.